Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in. <laughs> wow. Wow. Was that my best yet? 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service Tax Line. The program's called Balloon Party. Presenting sponsor, Jackson, Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. What? what? Angry Beaver, the presenting sponsor of the Little Piddles. <sighs> Strikes me as a half and half. It is a half and half. Didn't really sell it. But today, I mean, here, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Good. Today, Tim, we're going to have a half and half. I like that. You kind of did the, the, the like local news anchor laugh thing, too. Right. But smoothly transitioned into right. the content. You wouldn't have known. Right. Like, it conveys to the audience that it's lighthearted hmm. without really going into some kind of uproarious laughter. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, really, today's show is going to be about me. Uh, it's my birthday, as you all know, and we're going to do the top 10 greatest things about me. So we're going to start in the first segment with the first five. Okay. Uh, I'll start. I'll kick it off. Broadcasting skills. Yeah, but I mean, there's so much more to it than I know, that. It's too broad. The prep work, I think, is the thing that gets overlooked. Yeah, prep work. Teasing ability, mm, mm, mm. Uh, ability to sell a take. <laughs> You've described as Orlovskian. Yes, yeah, the Take Smith laureate. And uh, <laughs> I like that the Take Smith laureate. Yeah, he is for 2023 at least. Uh, then uh, uh, vocal inflection. Yeah, can't teach it. No, can try. Absolutely, can try. Do it. And then uh, general demeanor. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um. We'll come up with a few others. Facial hair. Facial hair, strong, quite yeah. strong. Uh, you can send yours in. Uh, I, I look forward to reading them. 314-399-9646. Also, we're up on YouTube. The yeah. stalemate is over, so go into uh, the YouTube and talk it over with friends of the feather. Uh, oh, Janet, who I know is one of our biggest. You say Lisa's a gem? Yep, yep. And Janet? Uh, she is uh, a beacon of hope. Wow. And she said, definitely your humility. Good for her. There you Sounds go. Sounds like she's coming around. Yeah. See, this is what we're looking for. It's people, we're building bridges. Well, we just want, I want people to understand how great Tim is and how important of a day it is. I don't think it's going to take much convincing. I don't think you have to do a lot of selling on that. No, I know. But, you know, listeners cycle on, cycle off. That's true. That's correct. And maybe they've only caught like the, the less than, the less, less than. <laughs> maybe they only caught the Sports Center updates. Well, there's that. But maybe they caught the less great parts of you. And there's they're few and far between. Yeah, I was about to say. It would be like an interesting cycling process to see how that would have happened. Wow. 
But most people, I would say 98% of our listeners understand your greatness. Thank you. Well, we're going to pay tribute to me. At first, I was uncomfortable with it, but it was my idea. So we're going to go ahead and do it uh, throughout the course of the program. Plus, we have this little piddles, half and half, and it's presented to you by the wonderful people at The Angry Beaver. And I guess, you know what? I'll do a birthday deep dive. I mean, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Since it's my birthday... I'll Venmo $25. Wow. $25. I had a good weekend on the wagering, so the Venmo's a little more live. Uh, $25 if someone comes up with a deep dive question that makes my synapses fire and we do a, at least a large portion of a segment or more on. So you can text that in, 314-399-9646. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, the great Jackson Burkett and his little piddles, Angry Beaver, half and half. Yeah, I mentioned piddles at Angry Beaver, $5 off any pizza. Let's fire it up. Brad Thompson was on the fast line yesterday discussing the possibility of Wilson Contreras moving to the outfield and signing a free agent catcher in the offseason. What is your reaction to this? Do we have that audio? Yep. Let's take a listen. I think that they're going to have those conversations with Wilson again after the season of, hey, would you be willing to play a corner and DH? And I would say potentially even bring in another catcher, bring in a free agent, and then have either Kisner or Herrera back him up, potentially. Again, spitballing, but I think that that's kind of how they would want it to look because, look, you eyeball test he's not great back there um metrics wise they paint an even worse picture and when you have a pitching staff that is struggling and you you are devoid of talent as we've talked about a lot so this is not to lay the the struggles of this pitching staff at the feet of wilson Contreras. i think that we're all smart enough for that uh but i also don't think that he's in a position right now where he's going to be able to help a pitching staff you look at the framing metrics you look at blocking you just watch some of the pitch calling like some of these things are are there's not up to par right at the big league level and will he continue to work on it yes will he get better sure but will it get to the point where he is like a plus catcher? I don't know. I don't know if he has that uh, in in the skill set. So that's a problem. Is it now? What's, what's your read? You know where I am on this. But I'm curious before I give my observations on what Brad Thompson had to say on the fast lane yesterday. What yours? Well, I think we all know the biggest hole right now with the Cardinals is pitching, and so. I think where BT is coming from, where the Cardinals are coming from, based on what BT was saying. I don't saying, think Brad is, right. even though he said, you know, I'm just spitballing here. I don't think he's going on the radio as the, the color commentator on television and coming off without any semblance of inside word. Right. That's been, now maybe I'm wrong, you know, but that's that's where I am. On yeah, that. I get the same. I get the same read, but. Obviously, pitching is the biggest hole with the Cardinals at the at the moment, and so you're obviously going to have to add pitching in the offseason. I think another way that you could possibly look at, and this is not something that I agree with, but looking at a catcher who's more equipped on the defensive side of the game-calling side, pitch-calling side, and maybe that can help the pitching staff because the pitching staff this year was historically bad. I mean, you look at the Cardinals' roster from the offensive standpoint, you would not see a sub-70 win team. It's the pitching staff that was the main reason for that. So if you get a catcher to help out with the pitching staff, maybe you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. But at the same time, you sign Wilson Contreras to a big, the biggest contract for a non 
a player who wasn't already on the team. And so you look at that, and then you're looking to assign them to the outfield where there's already too many players. That's a major, that's all that's a crisis level issue. If you have signed Wilson Gutierrez to the contract he has and he can't play catcher, I mean that is I mean I don't care how well he hits, you can get good hitters. You just don't sign them to play catcher. Yeah, that my my core issue with the signing was number one, I didn't understand why that was identified as the must have of the twenty twenty two into twenty twenty three off season. But whatever they did. Um and then that the projections for what Contreras would get versus what the Cardinals gave were about a 25% difference um, and also certainly more years than, than were expected. And my issue was, it wasn't anti, nor is it anti-Wilson Contreras. Hell, he's like a great competitor, and offensively, he's been incredible. My issue was they identified catcher, but now they're going to have a guy on the payroll who won't be catching for the final at least two years, maybe three years of the deal. I never expected it to go the way that it did starting in May. And now they're revisiting it for the record. He caught less than 60% of the games this year. Yep. And if that's going to trend downward, then they do probably need to tend to catcher. And considering that the top priority on the record in quotes from John Mozeliak at the end of October last year was catcher, and then you sign a guy to a monster deal, and he caught less than 60% of the games, and then you're thinking about having to go down the road of getting another catcher, I mean, that's an abject failure. It's indefensible. Yeah. And, you know, Ken Rosenthal wrote a, wrote a story this morning, Jackson, on The Athletic, about the 10 managers uh, in Major League Baseball who's futures are in question and i opened up that article and i thought well ali marmol can't be on there not because he should or he shouldn't but just because the cardinals and john mazalak said uh that he isn't you know going anywhere but it it is noted by ken rosenthal uh how amazing it is that it's quiet in st louis considering how big of a disaster this has been which has been my observation for the last few months it's, it says a lot in so many different ways, whether you want to talk about the organization, whether you want to talk about the front office, whether you want to talk about the team, and then whether you want to talk about the expectation level of the fan base, right. that it's just kind of accepted that nothing, uh, substan- will there be changes? I'm sure there'll be changes, but will there be changes in high positions? Doesn't sound like it based no. on what John Mazalak said. And I have to say, I wouldn't fire Ali Marmol, by the way. Maybe that's a... The contrarian position. It's not intended to be. I just don't blame him for this. We expressed concern in advance of the season of the roster construction. The roster construction is not the job of the manager. But overall, the same people who brought you the 2023 season are entrusted to rebuild for the 2024 season. And I just think that that is, is going to be a very difficult task to pull off, which I think is just a PR skills nightmare to say we're planning on going back into contention in 2024. Internally, you might feel that way, but my God, you're going to have a tough time doing it. Yeah, it's an uphill battle for sure. If you identify the top three free agent pitchers a month ago as Julio Urias, who is now off the table with the domestic violence allegations for a second time for him, uh, and uh, Aaron Nola and Blake Snell, you're now down two. Yep. And you have the Red Sox and Yankees and Cardinals for the first time in 30 years, all three missing the playoffs. I like that fun fact for no one to tell. How about that? 
So therefore, the Red Sox and Yankees are going to be aggressive. Yeah. Blake Snell most likely is going to be a Cy Young winner. And, I mean, maybe the Cardinals can get him. The thing is, even if they do, and I wouldn't necessarily expect it, but who knows, maybe they're going all out and Blake Snell wants to pitch here. Uh, th- that still doesn't get you over the top. And now, something that was supposed to be tended to with an exorbitant overpay of a contract is now by the, the, the color commentator, and oftentimes, and I think it's really unfair, whether it be Chip Carey, Brad Thompson, uh, previously Dan McLaughlin, uh, the cat who I worked with for a number of years on TMA, uh, you know, Ricky Horton, John Rennell, it's all rights holders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they, if anything, oftentimes have a lot more intel. And yeah, sometimes there's things that they can't say, but it's not going, oh, well, we have to spin, spin, spin. But that's the label that comes with it. Learn just wish me a happy birthday, and I had to stop the program. Brad, Brad's not going to come on and and say something that he doesn't, you know, have some form of understandable uh, information from the organization on. Right. I mean, that's a monster issue, and it's not like you go, okay, well, we got the outfield all wrapped up, and we, you know, you just got you got so many questions, and you say you need three pitchers. Well, that's counting on Miles Michaelis and Stephen Matz. Right. Right. So. It's just, it's really, it's really a mess. And the thing that, that I guess, I, I don't even know though if I'm surprised that it's as quiet as it is because Cardinal fans, and I think this is maybe where the source of the frustration comes from, have just gone to, yeah, of course they're not going to do anything. Yeah, I'm not talking about, stage. yeah, it's the acceptance stage. You're exactly right, Jackson. That's yeah. what it is. It's like, yeah, of course they're not. You know? It just shows where the fan base is that, well, of course, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to let this continue. And that, I think, is the part that pisses people off more than anything. Yeah. So your thoughts on it are welcome. 314-399-9646. I absolutely realize Wilson Contreras, especially over the last two and a half months before he shut it down for the year, uh, raked. The issue is he didn't do it at catcher. That's the issue. The Cardinals did not go out to sign a DH or an outfielder, a corner outfielder. They went out to sign a catcher. That was the priority. Okay, they did. They overpaid. And now the man may not be catching. And either way, in year one, he caught 60% of the games. Catchers don't start catching more games as they get into their mid-30s. Right. So you already got that. Now you got an albatross as a deal, and you have a bunch of needs at pitcher. Uh, just for the life of me, I don't understand how if I, if I were the owner of the franchise how I'd go okay I, I, I think we got this thing under control maybe they know something I don't know and they've got a big plan for the offseason and all of a sudden the rotation is going to be wonderful and Wilson Contreras will be you know the second coming of Jason Hayward in right field I just don't necessarily see it coming uh, Jackson uh, I guess I had a break yeah 1019 Holy moly. <laughs> That's need a goes, break. Baby. Uh, all right. Uh, deep dive, a bunch of deep dives have come in, so I'll have to take a look at the uh, text. If you want to insult me, you know I'll be reading them, so send those in, 314-399-9646. And uh, we'll see what we got here. And if I select it, $25 to your Venmo. $25 to your Venmo. Uh, send it in, 314-399-9646. You are listening to Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I was over reading the day. You know what? And this is a bad idea, and I know this is a bad idea. But what do we call this program? Uh, Honesty and Media? Yeah. 
presented by Mungan St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. I was going and I was reading the text and I said to Jackson during the break, I go, a lot of these are complimentary and kind. Ugh. Not used to all that. I know. I don't know what's going on here. So, you know, let's restore order. <laughs> a deep dive request. Some people don't have Venmo. I guess I should have thought about that. I mean, it's it's the way I handle all of my gambling, golf gambling in particular. I view yeah. it as like monopoly money. Yeah. I rarely use it, although I did get a Venmo debit card and then I started to use it. Yeah, it's a good play. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, I lost X number of dollars via Venmo, money I'll never use. Yeah. So it doesn't smart as much. Maybe sure. that's why the casinos give you chips instead of cash money. Yeah. Boy, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, well, I'm on a higher level. That's so, why you're the best. Yeah, no, it's exciting. So, uh, yeah, a lot of deep dive requests. Uh, and uh, let's see what we got here. got this one, and I thought it was good. It's from the Nonling. He used to work on TMA. Uh, now he's an attorney. That's the thing. You work on TMA, and you start becoming a doctor or a lawyer. Is that So that's on my horizon? Uh, yeah. What do you want to do? Medicine? Law? I feel like law is more my bailiwick, okay. but I don't, I, like, I don't really want to. Mm, I don't know. Just kind of like, you start mumbling. Right I kind of like exposure. Oh, you like the <laughs> social media posts? Yeah, yeah, I like exposure and, uh, yeah. In your memory, the Nonling asks, which local team entered the most pivotal offseason and what was next year's result? He's a big hockey guy. So I wonder, Nonling, if you're thinking of 2018 for your St. Louis Blues. And I wonder how Blues fans would feel about that. In particular, like a day that will uh, always be famous with what probably most would call the Ryan O'Reilly Day. Um, I wonder if that's where people would immediately go. One I would go to was the 99-2000 offseason for the Cardinals. That was a big offseason for the Cardinals, and it uh, culminated like a week before the regular season started with Jim Edmonds. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Edgar Renteria was around in 99. Usually I kind of know these things, but right. I think he may have been around in 99. But I know Daryl Kyle was brought over, Dave Veers was brought over, and Veers became the closer. Kyle became not only you know, the ace of the staff, but a real leader, albeit a, a quiet leader. A, a leader by example, I should say, probably more than quiet. That wouldn't be fair. I think he was quiet. I know he was quiet to the media. Uh, boy, he was he was absolutely he was Kevin Costner, Bull Durham answers through and through. Yeah. But when he was around his teammates, he was he was uh, he was certainly the guy. I mean, they loved Daryl Kyle, both hitters and pitchers. So um, I feel like I'm leaving somebody else out on that 2000 team. Um, and I, I mean, I know they acquired. I guess Ankiel was already part of the organization, but he started up with the team that year. He came up from the minors the year before. They brought in Will Clark. I still feel like I'm leaving somebody out. I got to look at the text. Um, and oh, well, we're getting a lot of them. Uh, but that one stands out to me. Any other? Uh, I mean, the Cardinals have had somewhat pivotal off seasons and haven't capitalized in the past. What would 10 be years. an example? Twenty. I mean, the biggest one is when they lost Marcelo Zuna and then did not do anything. So it's 2019 to 2020. That's correct. Yeah, so they lost their biggest offensive power. That, that one was the one where I literally bit, bet the Plowhawk, uh, our board operator on TMA, 
and gave him 10 to 1 that the yeah. Cardinals would go out and sign a bat in the offseason. Yeah. And, I, and I was willing to go up to a, he could wager $100. So I was putting $1,000 on the line. Yeah. And fortunately, the man only wagered $10 and I only had to pay him 100 because I was certain of it. Yeah. I'm going, oh, okay. If, if we're talking all local teams, um, the years. The Rams in 99 is a nice play, but yeah. I mean, it was kind of the other way. Once the Sam the Rams, Rams in 01, actually. I'm sorry to cut no, you off, but, I'm, but, but uh, the Rams, after the defense was dreadful in 2000, they had three first-round picks in the 2001 draft. I mean, that offense <laughs> had three first-round oh, picks, man. and they picked two defensive tackles, Damian Lewis and Ryan Pickett, and then also Adam Archuleta. <sighs> and then they had two picks in the 40s in the second round. I mean, that... You want to talk about you know sliding doors moments as we talk about... That draft bin, they picked Tommy Polly and maybe it was Brian Allen. Polly was a linebacker out of Florida State, if memory serves. Uh, to not, and then, I mean, and then if you want to go back to the 2000 draft and pick in Trunk candidate when you have Marshall Falk. I mean, yeah. Trunk Canada was a running back, and I'm talking to you like you know, you no, know, know those people Trunk you were two. Um, and then I believe the, the second round pick was this project corner from Oklahoma State named Jacoby Shepard. I mean, if you look at the St. Louis Rams first and second round picks in 19, or 2000 draft and 2001 draft, it set the stage for the disaster that came. Right. You know, oftentimes the the wave of either success or failure is on the horizon, but it's created by decisions that are made a few years or events that take place a few years in advance. I was talking about the seven o'clock kickoff for Missouri, Oklahoma in 2010 and how that can play a role in recruits who then populate the roster in 2013 and 2014 when they won the SEC East. And we had a Georgia guy text into TMA yesterday and go, yeah, 2019, Notre Dame, we host Notre Dame in Athens and a bunch of recruits were there and they signed and now Kirby Smart's got a team that's trying to win three straight national championships for the first time since Minnesota in the 1930s. These things matter. And, you know, you can talk about mismanagement and Charlie Army and Jay Zygmunt not getting along, but they had a debacle of a draft in 2000 and in 2001. And it's one thing to have a debacle of a draft when you won the Super Bowl. It's another thing to have a debacle of a draft and you have three first round picks and two early second round picks. And that's what they had. So I actually would say that was the biggest one. But I mean, I know talking about the St. Louis Rams is not necessarily something that people enjoy around here at this moment. The good one would be 99 and 2000 Cardinals. The worst one would be 2001, 2000 and 2001 drafts for the St. Louis Rams. And I would put the 2018 going into the 2019 Stanley Cup year St. Louis Blues. That's what I got, Jackson. Yeah. And I think the difference in the sports is so interesting to me as well, because in baseball, it's so much about like free agency pickups and who you trade for. Uh, hockey's a little more like that. And football, it's so dependent on the draft. You know, the draft is where you can really make huge developments. I mean, you look at the Chiefs right now, most of their team was developed on you know drafts. And that's that's just how, how quickly it can change with drafts and football, whereas baseball you can draft a guy, and then six, yeah, seven years later, years later right. they're, they're going to come up and be an impact player. So this is interesting. The guy I uh, left out on the 2000 Cardinals, Fernando Vina. Ah, Fernando Vina. Yep, that's the one. Gotcha. I knew there was another one. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they really did. And, you know, that was a time when they still had the McGuire situation going on, and he still hit 60-plus home runs in 99. But they hadn't done much winning. But, I mean, it was 1996. They had been a win away from the World Series. That's the thing about this thing. I just, and I know why he asked that question because it's like, okay, 
this is it. This November and December for the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. is a pivotal moment right. in the legacy of the chairman, Bill DeWitt. Yeah. It truly is. But the thing about free agency is you can offer all you want. If somebody don't want to come here, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. Man. And I'm telling you, this Yankees and Red Sox thing is incredibly unfortunate. If you want the Cardinals to go out and sign a, a big-time free agent. Yeah. Because that brings them to the party. And you know there's there are other non-Yankees and Red Sox teams that are going to be in the mix for these guys as well. In a way, it may actually help them dodge a bullet, as weird as that is to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm comfortable with the Cardinals kind of... You know, going, okay, we need to rebuild. But then if that's the case, then you need to make some moves that offload. And they clearly aren't planning on doing that if they're saying we're going right back into contention in 2024. You can say it all day. I can say I'm going to come in here with a full head of hair tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be a toupee. It's going to be a toupee. Yeah. It is going to be a toupee. So the Cardinals 2024 season is going to be a toupee. That's essentially what I think the logo will be. Be little birds in the bat with hair hats. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm telling you, modern Cardinal fans are not used to having a season like this. I, I, I know what your definition of modern is. Your lifetime, really. Yeah. But I mean, Mid-90s I, had the, I had the 90s, the early 90s. Yeah. So that's why 1996 meant so much. And it also came out of nowhere because that team, when you look at the roster, you go, man, that team was went away from playing the New York Yankees in the World Series and nearly beating the Braves in that rotation. And, you know, Chipper Jones and David Justice and probably leaving out a bunch of other players who were on that thing. Yeah. Fred McGriff, I think, was on that team. Javi Lopez. But, you know, this is this is a different deal. Yeah. And there's not a bunch of pitching just sitting there waiting to be on the major league roster next year at right. the minor league level right now. So, okay. Right. You can either, either make 2023 a one-off or you can make the catalyst to a complete overhaul. And I, I think you'd rather be in the... The former that's camp what, and that's the what, That certainly would be wonderful if you can just do it. I just don't know if it's. I don't know if the raw materials are there. But you set the expectation now, and I think you've now got all you're doing is backing yourself into a corner. Yeah. But then at the same time, quote unquote, to their credit, they said they were going to raise payroll last year, and they didn't do that. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of like now it's like a campaign stop. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you say. Uh, we got a break. It's ten thirty three. I'll go back into the deep dives in the Air Comfort Service text line. Maybe somebody will get a twenty five dollar Venmo. Send yours in three one four three nine 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 six four six. You're listening to Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on one hundred one ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jackson, did I just get a Ben Simmons update? Yeah, yeah. Full participant camp. Uh, It's the hope for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, if he can just be what he was in, you know, 2018, be great. 2019, world-class defender. Obviously a great finisher at the rack. Right. He doesn't even need to worry about jumper. Your thoughts go into the YouTube chat. Very active, I see in there. Six foot ten point guard. Tiny PP's 
running things in the YouTube chat. It's all right. Yep. He's running things. Yeah, he's, he's got the C on his sweater for he's today's program. Uh, you are listening to Balloon Party. It is uh, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson, and we welcome you to participate in the program anytime you would like. Jackson's got this thing he does every Wednesday. It's called the Half and Half, and the wonderful people at the Angry Beaver in downtown Shane Lewis sponsor it. They sure do, Tim, and they love it. Nice. That delivery right there. That was that was like Ron Burgundy. That was local news. I would I would like to think so. All right, news of baseball's ratings, which saw midseason growth over yeah, previous declined. years, has come back to earth, and now seeing the same issues that they have had for a few years now. What do you think some of the factors for that recent development could be? Do you think we could see a uptick with the playoffs on the horizon? Is this concerning on the back of the rule changes that were celebrated earlier this year when the ratings were up? I have to tell you, when you sent that story over to me, I was really surprised by that. As was I. Now, I would imagine most St. Louisans and those who are Cardinal fans in the region have certainly watched a hell of a lot less baseball over the last three months, uh, year over year. So we can't, you know, these aren't a commentary on on Cardinal ratings. This is is all over. This is national. What are are the theories for the reason for the decline, especially if there was an uptick for the first half of the season? If I had to make a Oh, this is your master's thesis. Because from what I saw the article, and it's not blaming the article, it was mostly just giving Reporting the data. Yeah, reporting the data. That's what I saw. So that's why I don't know what they're theorizing caused it. Sure. So I think earlier in the year when they saw this, it was was right around the All-Star game. First of all, baseball is the only sport going at that time. And so that's going to play a big role in that. Uh, obviously, gambling plays a big role in that when you only have one sport to gamble on. It's baseball. People are going to watch more. And I think the rule changes at the beginning were good. You know, or not, not like they're not good now, but they returned well. Like people were like, oh, this game is quicker. This is nice. It's got a good rhythm to it. But then eventually, I think baseball just became baseball again and people became less and less interested. Every day that goes by, less and less teams are in the race. I just think people kind of felt, and like you just said, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Cardinals yeah. are all; those are three of the top five, maybe top ten in attendance in Major League Baseball. That's a that's material. Okay, all right. Those would be my spec, my theories. Yeah, um, I'd wonder. I mean, I I thought I really thought that that was a cause and effect by the increased interest, yeah. and that games would go faster. Yeah, uh, the people are like, okay, I'll tune into baseball because it's not going to drag on as long. So to have the second half show a decline, that does have to be a, a, a real concern. Because if you had optimism from the first half, then I don't know how you can dismiss the second half numbers, even if they are not favorable to your right, sport. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Is like, you know, the rule changes were celebrated when the ratings were up, but then... Yeah, and I still celebrate them. I'm just surprised that they went down, and that's why I'm wondering what went on. I mean, the football season's only three weeks old, so I don't know. I just think when people watch football, man, or watch... It's always been that way, even when the Cardinals were in in pennant races, which has been most of the the last 23 years. And when I was covering Rams games, for example, I mean, you know, pre the Drew Bennett era. But uh, I go, boy, this is like, you know, I mean, you're you're going from driving 150 miles an hour to like driving 35 miles an hour. That's what I'm saying, man. But I love baseball. Yeah. It's the reason I do this stuff, but... I, you know, would totally understand how the casual fan, oh my God, I can't watch baseball and go from, you know, right. watching NFL football or college football to this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a big part. I, it's, it's almost to a point where you can't compare watching 
football, hockey, basketball, to baseball. It's a whole different, it's mm. almost, you almost compare it to watching golf. And I love watching golf. I love watching baseball. I love watching football, basketball, I almost said hockey. Um, but and you uh, caught yourself and you laughed as if what person would watch well, ice I th- hockey? I think it would take a lot of credence away from my, my take if I said I love watching hockey. All you did was ignite the audience. That's fine. Hey, listen, I've accepted it. But it's almost closer to watching golf where it's like, it's great when you are into it and your team is in it or you got golf you love watching or it's the Masters or something like that. But it's a different, it's a much more casual viewing experience. Going to the game, it's almost more of a social thing. Right. Whereas if you're going to a football game, like going to the Missouri game, even though it's at the Dome, even though it's against Memphis, is much more exhilarating than even a Cardinal game with some playoff implications of the line. Uh, yeah, there's also just the mathematical element of it. I mean, for every 10 baseball games, there's one football game if yeah. you're talking NFL. That's a big thing, too. And if you're talking college football, the ratio is even greater. Uh, do, you have a, yeah, yeah, do you have a fourth question? Or mm. you just, mm. mm-hmm. well, I caught you mid, mid-beverage. Yeah, I had to, you know, just got to stay hydrated. What are you drinking, scotch? Uh, this is this is water, but it's got a little electrolyte mix in there. Nice. Really trying to hydrate, you know. Hydration's key, and I want people to know that out there. With NIL the way it is, <laughs> so smooth, top-tier college players can make more money playing for their university than going to play in the NFL. Do you think we could see a phenomena where college players stick around for longer if they don't like the team they are projected to go to? More so, maybe an athlete just likes the college vibe. Will this inspire the NFL to make it more lucrative for rookies to come to the league? Well, I don't know about that, but th- th- I think there's something to be said for it. I think it's a great thing. This is one of the few great things I find about it with college football right now, just because like, it's it's anarchy. Mm-hmm. Players bounce from school to school. Uh, but yeah, certainly that is a reason why a player might go, yeah, I'm not going to go. I can make a lot of money and stay here and maybe not go to take your pick of whatever organization that might bury your career. Yeah. Like Caleb Williams, who is Heisman hopeful and is a Heisman winner last year, obviously is going to be eligible to go to the draft. And if the bears have that number one pick and he's making good, great money at USC, loves the college atmosphere. You know, what is his motivation to say, yeah, I'll go I'll go play for the Bears? Like, that could be a real problem. The Bears have had somewhat of a quarterback issue in the 21st century. And you could go back into the 20th century as well. Yes. It has been going on for decades. Right. So if you're looking at that, you know, maybe I'll put myself in a better position in my career, and on top of that, I'll make more money staying at USC and maybe have more fun. I don't know. You know, it's... Obviously, well, just, I, I think folks. it can be a, a short-term potential loss of dollars because you certainly would make more in the NFL. You know, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Goes in the long term, for sure. But well, short term. But in the long run, if you have a successful career and you're with a better organization, then it may make sense if you can avoid that. I mean, you saw that play out with Eli Manning and avoiding going to the Chargers and making sure he went somewhere other than the Chargers, wound up with the Giants. If he goes to the Chargers, does Eli Manning have the legacy he has right now? Right, right. I, of course, no one knows the answer, but we know he's a two-time Super Bowl winner, and he's you know got a higher Q rating because he played in New York City. So uh, these things come into play, and it makes sense. I mean, an organization's competence combined with an offensive line, if you're a quarterback, are the two things that I would be paying close attention to. I mean, certainly if you don't want to play in cold weather and the Bears are sitting there and they've moved on from Justin Fields, you got that to take into consideration, but you know, plenty of warm weather operations. I mean, Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles yeah, with the Jackson, went, the Jackson. went away, and you know, I don't know what just happened this past weekend. We both were on the Texans, I know that. Yeah, but you know, that was a team that 
you know, gave the Chiefs a scare, mm-hmm. and uh, and they got stomped by the winless Texans. So it's uh, it's been a rough go of it for uh, first round picks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, we got a break. Ten forty eight. Final segment of Bloom Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and all Toyota coming your way. Then BK and Ferrario take over. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, all Toyota on one hundred one ESPN and on YouTube. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Saddest buildings in the NFL, according to ESPN's Dominique Foxworth. Number one, Broncos. Number two, Bears. Number three, Jets. Number four, Raiders. Number five, Vikings. Aren't those the worst teams? Yeah, I think that somehow correlates, but they're also the saddest buildings, Tim. I've been to... Uh, three of those five. I haven't been inside of the Death Star in Las Vegas. Yeah, seen the outside. Driven by well. it many a time. Doesn't seem sad. Matter of fact, it's brand new and it seems like it's a pony in there all really the time. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that list strikes me as just being the five worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, the Vikings have like a stadium on par with any of the top in the world. Yeah. Anyway, I just say over your head sometimes the take Smiths will pop up. And I'm like, oh, what are they? Yeah, I mean, you're just witnessing people getting work in. Is Zach Wilson taking too much heat? Are Cowboys on upset alert versus Patriots? First take is next on ESPN. Didn't the Cowboys just lose to the Arizona Cardinals? They did. So they upset alert. They uh, We've played three games, and one of them is the loss to the Cardinals. Oh, hell, they're just filling time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, do you have the little piddles? I resent that. <laughs> All right, here we go. A question was raised on the world-famous TMA fan page that I found interesting. Wow, look at you. Yeah, outsourcing. God, like all that. very cheap pop move here. Yep. Very cheap pop. Yep. Placating the audience is what we call this. Yep. Kansas City's two most popular athletes are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think that goes without uh, any argument there. Yep. Who would be St. Louis's two most popular athletes September 27th? And happy birthday to you, Tim. Thank you. I feel like we haven't spent enough time on that. Right. Not nearly. Thank you. We've still got eight more to go on 10 reasons why you're the greatest. Yeah, that's right. We got to get to that. <sighs> Arnado Goldschmidt? Might be Arnado Wayno. Yeah, I mean, I, like, so if we're include Wainwright, then Wainwright, yeah. Yeah. And that's... I guess you said as of September 27th. Yeah. Okay, what about as of October 10th? But yeah, that's... Uh, I hope, you know who I hope it is? Who I really hope it is, and I know it's not going to be that, but I think it should be. It should be Roman Berkey, and it should be Luther Burden. God, you really are. Are you running for office? <laughs> I am, because I care about communities. And families, families and education. Neighborhoods. If you were really running for office, though, you would have said Robert Thomas... Robert Thomas plays for the Blues. No, 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 I know. Number 18. You you looked at me like I was talking about number 55 with the Rams drafted out of UCLA. That didn't really work out either. Oh, I thought you were talking about number 55. uh, James Laurinaitis, who's on the Ohio State coaching staff. Yeah, he was. But, uh, yeah, I thought if you're running for office, you're going to name a member of the St. Louis Blues. I don't know. I mean, you know, Shen's the captain. Yeah, see, like, that's the thing. I love, but I mean, I don't think he's got the... I think I think if you're going like a week from now when the season's over and we're only counting current guys, I would say it's Goldschmidt Arnado. Let me see. Shannon Binner. I but like most popular in St. Louis. You're gonna put Yeah, I just I think I think if we're being listen, 
Let's, let me have ten fifty. So I have time to have a talk. <laughs> it's good. Let me have a talk with everybody here. We all gathered around now, like they did for FDR with a fireside chat. Yep. Yep. I love blues hockey. Regular season, it kind of seems like going to bowl games, eh, but I still love it. Mm-hmm. And it's become even more important to me now that my son loves it and he plays hockey and I still can't skate, but whatever. And there's nothing better than playoff hockey. But let's not, let's not just because we love the blues hockey, yeah. say, if we're going to be honest with everybody, that, you know, now if Ryan O'Reilly were still here and Pat Maroon were still here, or if we were still in the afterglow of, you know, yes. 2019, Tarasenko even. But I, it's just, it's not there at the moment with these guys. It could be, be wonderful. A couple months could certainly be, but not at this moment. And while you are ingratiating yourself in a surprising move, I guess you felt like you when you met with your strategist, you're like, yeah, what if I said Robert Thomas or Jordan Cairo? And they go, ah, we wouldn't do that because everybody knows you're completely. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, so you tried to ingratiate yourself to to the soccer community, right? I don't want to. I don't want to be. People think I'm full of crap, even if I am full of crap. You can't possibly believe it's Berkey. Uh, n- no. no. So you're Orlowski. You are Dan Orlowski. I think you've been that- exposed as a takesmith. You're a WWE. You know who you are. You're the junkyard dog boy. But I, my, I was saying in like a optimistic, hopeful world, people would really embrace soccer, and that the team will be successful come the playoffs and Roman Berkey is the best player on the team and that would be great and then Luther Burden is one of the at the moment one of the top five receivers Luther Burden for Heisman yeah Luther Burden for Heisman and I hope people get behind the Tigers the latter cannot happen because the Missouri Tigers can never be St. Louis's team and that's not because listen they're, they're my team right but, you know, plenty of people just go, well, I didn't go to school there, and they just dismiss it, or they're Illinois fans, or they went to another university. And so it won't be as the universal effect that, like, a Blues Cup run had, or a Cardinal run, yeah. you know, or, or maybe we'll see you here with City yeah. in the next couple of months. December 9th at City Park, MLS Cup on the line. How do you do? Yeah, absolutely. But I think if you have someone like Luther who would, maybe not Heisman, but like a top five receiver. Why not Heisman? Listen, I, I, I believe, I believe, but the team's going to need some pretty big success. I mean, the last wide receiver to win was Devonta Smith. What happens when that, that Southern debutante, Brian Kelly, who's from Boston, comes dancing in yeah. with like a parasol? He won't be dancing after Luther Burden. Oh! Gets a hold of that secondary. Ah, <laughs> bulletin board material going to Baton Rouge straight from Balloon Party. I hope Time he for mentions us to shut me. it down. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to be 85 years old now to get called right. up by and, college football coach. And he's asleep when he's tell- giving me. So I guess I'll be in bed at 2.30. Okay. You know, I want to say something to Jackson Burkett on that one-hour midday show in St. Louis. The smile on my face would go beyond <laughs> near the ear. Uh, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungana, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.